Well, praise the Lord. I was sitting over in my chair praying, Lord, what do I do now? This is an unusual day. And I've got about three sermons that the Lord said go with. I'll cut it down, though, and just go with the one that I have. And uh, the young man uh, is, is okay. They changed his medicine. He has a history of seizures. He's out there, and I don't even think he's going to the hospital. So we praise the Lord for answered prayer there. And that ought to remind us once again that God still answers prayer. And we praise the Lord for that. Amen. And uh, I see Miss Sherry down here. That's an answered prayer. Praise the Lord. We've been praying for her. And I see Michael Shelton over here. Eight weeks he's been out here. Uh, and he's here. Not over everything yet, but praise the Lord. God answers prayer. Turn, if you would, to 1 Kings chapter 12. And I'll talk real fast if you'll listen real fast. 1 Kings chapter 12. Beginning in verse 25, there was a young man that was walking through a supermarket, pick up a few items, and this older sweet lady kept looking at him, staring at him. Every time he'd turn a, a row there, she'd be looking at him. And, and finally, they got up to the checkout counter, and he said, uh, he kind of looked at her. She was ahead of him, and she said, I, I know you think it's strange. I've been watching you. But she said, you remind me so much of my son who passed away. And she said, I'm, I'm sorry if it bother you? Oh, no. He said, don't bother me. He said, I, I'm thankful. You know, I'm glad. Anything I can do, I'd be happy to do. She said, well, if you could do one favor for me. If, when I'm walking out, if you just say, goodbye, mother, that's all. She said, it would bless my heart. It would just be a real blessing. And so anyway, he, she was walking out, and he said, goodbye, mother. And they rang his bill up. It was $127.50. And he only went for three items. And he said, why is my bill so high? She said, your mother said you'd pay for all of this. <laughs> That's a little deceitful, amen? A little, uh, but I want to tell you, the devil's that same way. He is out to deceive you. He is out to distract you. He is out to destroy you. But greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. 1 Kings chapter 12, beginning in verse 25. Would you stand, please? honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant word, all sufficient. Then Jeroboam built Shechem in Mount Ephraim and dwelt therein, went out from thence and built Penuel. And Jeroboam said in his heart, now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. If this people go up to do sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then shall the heart of this people turn again unto their Lord, even unto Rehoboam, the king of Judah, and they shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam the king. Whereupon the king took counsel, made two calves of gold, and said unto them, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And he set the one in Bethel, and the other put he in Dan. And this thing became a sin, for the people went to worship before the one, even unto Dan." Father, thank you this morning. Thank you this morning that uh, our precious brother Raymond is enjoying the very sights of heaven, been welcomed, and Lord, he's rejoicing and walking and shouting and praising the Lord. And Lord, I thank you this morning that this dear brother here was over this seizure and is doing well. Lord, I thank you this morning for the other miracles that you're going to do in the lives of these that we've prayed and we've expected. 
God, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, you'll reach down and touch lives in the hospital today and not only in the hospital physically. Lord, I pray for that. Desperately pray. Oh, God, I pray that you would reach down and touch lives. But, Lord, I pray this morning you'd reach down and touch lives spiritually in this place also. That, God, we'd leave here saying it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. We'd leave here with a different attitude, a different spirit, because we've become different people when we've followed the Lord Jesus Christ. We love you, ask you to do great things, expecting it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Solomon is dead. Rehoboam becomes the heir to the kingdom. And Jeroboam has been in Egypt, and now he comes back over to Rehoboam. And he says, look, if y'all will, uh, if you would lessen the load a little bit, if you would uh, just lower the taxes, uh, these ten tribes will come back and we'll worship you. I will not worship you, we will serve you, is what he said we'll do. And so, remember, they've been 20 years, seven years, 183,850 of them building the temple for seven years. And then 13 years they were spent building the palace. So they've been 20 years slaving. It's not like it was in Egypt, but they basically have been slaves and building the house of God and the palace. Well, Rehoboam goes to the old counselors and they say, what you need to do is serve as a leader, servant leader. You lead them. Don't be a dictator. Lead them. Secondly, you need to speak good words to them, kind words to them. And so he said, okay. So then he goes to the young counselors and he says, what should we do? How do I tell them? They say, oh, that's wrong. You need to listen. You've you got to put your foot down. You're the king now. And uh, you've got to tell them, if my daddy whipped you with whips, I'm going to whip you with scorpion whips. Uh, things are going to get tougher. They're not going to get better. And so he told them that. And uh, Jeroboam takes 10 tribes and leaves. It's called Israel. And then uh, Rehoboam takes two tribes uh, and leaves, and it's called Judah. Rehoboam gets ready to go and fight Jeroboam. And God says, don't do it. For once, Rehoboam listened to God. And he, he went back. He said, you're not going to fight your own people. And so he complies and he obeys the Lord. But in the middle of all that, Jeroboam is concocting up and some counterfeits and some different ways to worship God. And my topic this morning is when worship goes wrong, when worship has gone wrong, you see, first of all, quickly, in verse 25, there's a construction project going on. He builds Shechem, and he builds Penuel. He builds those two cities for two different purposes. Number one, he wants a fortress in case the enemy comes against him. He'll be able to, to keep the enemy out. But that's not the only thing he built those cities for. He built them so that he could keep the people of Israel in. He didn't want them to defect and go back to Israel. He didn't want them to go back to the Lord God Almighty. He wanted to create a false god for them. And that's exactly what he does. He's got a concern because he's worried that he's going to lose his power and his throne. And he says if the people return to Jerusalem and they're going to worship the Lord, they're going to get under conviction. They're going to be reunited together, and they're going to come back and kill me. So I've got to come up with something. 
And Jeremiah does, uh, Jeroboam does what many people do today. He simply does not believe God. He don't believe God. Now, if I ask you if you believe God this morning, everyone in this place would say, well, sure, I believe God. And you'd be lying just like Jeroboam was. You see, we say we believe God, but then we don't adhere to the word of God. We don't conform to the conditions that God said let's conform to. Uh, I just wonder this morning, do you really believe the Lord Jesus Christ? You say, yes, we believe the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, do you really believe he's coming again? And everybody in this place would say, oh, yeah. I mean, do you believe that he can come before we finish this service this morning? We all say yes, but we'll walk out of here and live like he's not coming. So something's wrong here. Jeremiah, uh, I'm going I'm to have a fit right now. Jeroboam. <laughs> Lord, teach me that word, Jeroboam. Jeroboam uh, did not believe God. Now, here's what God had already promised Jeroboam. He said in 1 Kings 11, I'll take thee ten pieces, for thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, behold, I'll rend the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon and will give ten tribes to thee. God had already promised him stability. God had already promised him that he would give him ten tribes. And he goes on to say, I'll take thee and thou shalt reign according to all thy soul desireth. As long as you walk in the right of my sight, keep my statutes and my commandments as David my servant did, I will be with thee and build thee a sure house as I built for David, and I'll give Israel unto thee. He's already promised that. You see, God's promised some things to us, but we're not claiming those promises because we're too hung up in the world. We're too hung up in the things that we want. Worship goes wrong when you begin to think with a fleshly mind, with a carnal mind. If you look at verse 26 quickly there, he said, Jeroboam said in his heart. You see, he begins to think in his heart. Uh, the heart is deceitful above all things. He was not willing to obey the Lord to meet God's conditions here. And, and that describes a lot of us today. We know what God, I don't need to tell you what you're doing wrong. Good gracious. You, most of you have been in church all your life. You know what you're doing wrong. You know what would honor God more if you do it in your life. But you're not willing to meet God's conditions. You'd rather, you'd rather say, well, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I can, you know, and I, it, when it's more convenient. And, and, and i got to move on here. The council of two calves. He, he comes up and he, he, he forms two calves. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you something. Fools never learn lessons. 500 years ago, God came down on Aaron because he formed two calves. Same group of people. 3,000 of them killed that day. More of them would have been if they could have got a hold of them. And now he's going to build two calves. He gets bad counsel. You say, well, that's one thing I won't have to worry about, preacher. I don't go to a counselor. I don't believe in counselors. I'm not going to no psychologist. I'm not going to no psychiatrist. I'm not going to no counselor. I'm not going to no preacher. I'm not going to no counselor, period. Every one of you this morning are going to counselors. What kind of books are you reading that counsels you? What kind of movies are you watching that counsels you? Hmm? What kind of people are you hanging around? They're counselors to you. 
What kind of things are you watching on the internet that, that counsels you? Psalm 1-1 said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Jeroboam does just the opposite of all three of those things in Psalm 1. Jeroboam ends up uh, in the counsel of the ungodly, and that leads him to standing in the way of sinners, and then that leads him to sitting in the seat of the scornful. Don't get caught up in the devil's trap. He will deceive you. Men are always seeking to improve plans of worship. Something easier on the conscience. You know, I, I'd go to Woodland Hills, except they just preach hell and damnation and all that stuff, sin. Man, we, you, we don't want to hear that. You got to lighten up, preacher. I'll tell you what let's do. Let's go through the hymnal and take all the blood out. Many denominations have done that. That hurts people's feelings. Some of you old folk remember when we used to sing for such a worm as I? Oh, you can't say that anymore. We've just got to be sinners. And then we, we're trying to find out a way to not be sinners. I have people, Brother Charles, I'll just tell you right now. Now, you, you ought to have been happy this morning, bless God. We are, every song we sang was an old-fashioned song. You ought to have been happy. I'll just tell you right now, Brother Charles, I don't believe in all that other stuff. Well, you're, you're learning the Scripture this month that says we're to teach and admonish one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Quit being a one-man person. Listen, worship God. If you say, well, I'm only going to sing those hymns, and it's obvious some of you don't sing unless it's a hymn. Well, you're missing two-thirds of the worship time. Well, I'm only going to sing if it's one of them 7-Elevens, that's seven words 11 times. <laughs> well, you're missing two-thirds of the, of the worship time. It's, it's not either or. Quit trying to develop something to be more convenient to your liking, and let's just worship the Lord. That's what he's saying here. Jeroboam offers up a satanic counterfeit, and he does it so it can keep his power and control over the people. False gods and idols are erected. They're getting their attention off of God. When they can get your attention, when the devil can get your attention off of God, he's got you. I want to tell you, listen to me, folks. Worship goes wrong when you worship anything or anyone beside God. It doesn't matter if it's a job. It doesn't matter if it's a grandchild. It doesn't matter if it's an idol. It, it, these calves became objects of worship. Hosea cried out against that. They were erected in Dan and Bethel. Dan was located at the farthest north part of Israel, and uh, uh, Bethel was down in the southern part of Israel. And it was all there for convenience and for counterfeit to get your mind off of going to Jerusalem. They would have the Day of Atonement, and, and, and uh, mm, a counterfeit lifestyle always produces artificial results. If you think that what we're doing here is a performance, you're, you're not going to mm, get anything out of it. Listen, this is not a performance. 
This choir, I hear people say, I want to sing in a choir. Well, there's a choir rehearsal on Wednesday night. Well, I don't want to go to choir rehearsal. Well, then don't sing in the choir. I mean, it's just like that. You, you get up here and look like, so I don't know what, when you don't know the words, and you do like me, come in on the wrong note. You need to go, do you need to rehearse? There are some things skillfully that need to happen. When we follow Satan's counterfeits, it leaves us empty. Let me tell you, if you have a hundred foot whale and you drop your rope 99 feet, you're going to come up with an empty bucket. God does not want you to be obedient 99% of the time or 95%. He wants 100%. And you've got to drop the bucket, the rope, all the way to the bottom of the well. We need to follow the Lord and not, not to uh, uh, worship other things. It, worship goes wrong when you try to worship your way and not God's way. The excuses that Jeroboam offered, it's too much for y'all to go to Jerusalem. Let me make it more convenient for you. Uh, I've had preachers pretty often in the past would tell me, uh, you got some people coming to your church. Well, first of all, I don't have a church. If you're driving here to see the preacher, you're in bad shape. If you're driving here to hear the music, you're in bad shape. You better be coming here to hear God and the Spirit of God. And they'll say, you've got this family, and they drive, and we're blessed. we got folks that come from uh, Gilmer, Marshall, Liberty City, Wascom, Tatum, Diana, Orr City, I mean, all over. And they'll say, they drive by my church. Would you get your people to come over to my church and help me? And I said, first of all, I don't have people. God's got a people. And second of all, I can tell you why they're not going to go to your church. I'm just, hey, I'm old. I'm going to just tell the truth. They're not going to go to your church because they've already been there one time. I'm just telling you, in this day that we live in today, you better find you a church that's spirit-filled, that the Holy Spirit is in. You better find a church that's teaching the Word of God. I, I praise God this morning. I stopped and thanked the Lord for the Lutherans this morning. The Evangelical Lutherans this morning. Yesterday, they appointed their first transgender bishop. She or he, I'm not sure who it is. There are over 200 churches. And I'm thinking, praise God, man. Jesus is coming soon. I mean, when you see those things happening, hey, listen, look, it's coming soon. You, how can you even read this book and come up with a conclusion like that? You can't. Now listen, this book is where we get our, our orders from. And I have people all the time saying, Preacher, I know you preach hard, and I know all of this stuff, but I'm going to tell you, I know what happened to me. Well, I don't care what happened to you. The devil has power too. Listen to me. If you don't get anything else, and you're listening by live stream, you listen to this. If what happened to you is contrary to this book, it's not from God. Only the things that God has in this book will you experience. This is the true, living, all-sufficient Word of God. And it's not going to be, well, it happened to me. Well, the devil's got power too. He can deceive you. He can distract you. And he'll end up destroying you. I love one pastor decided to have, uh, I got to hurry, uh, no excuse Sunday, but this is worth saying. 
you know, people's always got excuses why they can't come to church. And so he has a no excuse sign. I think it's a good idea. He, he said, first of all, there'll be cots in the foyer for those, say, Sundays, their only day to sleep in. You don't have an excuse to come to church if that's what you're saying. Huh? There'll be a special section with lounge chairs for those who feel the pews are too hard. Eye drops are available for those whose eyes are tired from watching TV. John Wayne, late on Sunday night, Saturday night. We'll have steel helmets for folks who think the roof will cave in if they walk into church. <laughs> Blankets provided for those who think it's too cold. Fans provided for those who think it's too hot. Scorecards available for those who wish to list the hypocrites present. One section be devoted to trees and grass for those who like to seek God in the nature. Doctors and nurses will be present for folks who plan on being sick Sunday. The auditorium will be decorated with both Christmas poinsettias and Easter lilies for those who have never seen the auditorium without them. <laughs> the best one is this. We'll provide hearing aids for individuals who can't hear the preacher and cotton for those who can. <laughs> Don't rely on excuses for not serving God. Don't let the devil catch you in that trap. He, he corrupts God's people. And it's all about Jeroboam. And folks, I, I don't want to be ugly. But there are many preachers today who all they're concerned about is their own ministry. You can go back and listen to my sermons in 1985. I was preaching the kingdom of God way back then. The kingdom of God is bigger than Woodland Hills Baptist Church. And I want to tell you what you need this morning. I, you need a church. You need a Bible-believing church. But I'll tell you what you need more than anything else. You need to make sure you've got a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you get up there on that day and you say, well, I was a member of Woodland Hills. Well, so was a lot of other people. We've got probably 1,400 people on roll. We can't catch but about seven, 800 of them. We couldn't find 300 with an FBI search warrant. And yet they swear they're going to heaven. And I hope they are. But don't fall for the counterfeits. And then they, 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 they do a phony feast. You know, the... Just some suggestions, you younger generation. Before you tear down a fence, everybody wants to tear down anything that's, that's a habit, you know. Before you tear down a fence or before you tear down a statue, you really ought to ask, is there a reason for this standing here? I mean, is there a reason? Because a lot of fences are for reasons. Some are not, some are. Jeroboam institutes a phony feast. The Day of Atonement and the Feast of Tabernacles was celebrated in the seventh month. And the Feast of Tabernacles was celebrated seven days after the Day of appointment, uh, Atonement. And the people lived in temporary little booths or little huts, lean-tos. They made them out of branches and everything. And the whole reason for that was so that it would remind them that they spent 40 years in the wilderness. Hmm. Now, he comes through Jeroboam and said, oh, that's just way too much. Uh, that's too tough on y'all. 
let's go to uh, here to have a, a feast up here at Dan and a feast down here at Bethel. And you won't have to, you won't have to go all the way to Jerusalem. And it's all phony. You say, well, preacher, thank God we're not worshiping idols. Well, sometimes we're doing things our way and not God's way. For example, we get angry and bitter toward those who offend us. That's not God's way. God's way says forgive them. Mm. You don't know what they did. <laughs> no, it really doesn't matter what they did. What matters is that you're following the conditions that God puts on us. The reasons some of y'all taking Pepto-Bismol and Tums and Rolades by the case is because you, you're mad at somebody and it's stirring up your adrenaline and you got acid reflux and all. If you just get right with God, you throw all that mess away. We're selfish sometimes. God says we ought to be sacrificial. We're unfaithful at times. God says we ought to be faithful. God says we should be patient. Mm. Hey, these things are as hard on me as they are you. Don't look at me like a calf at a new gate. I got the same problems you've got. I was in Walmart yesterday. I was clenching my fist. I was in a speedy express lane with a guy that had 50 items in front of me. And there was a woman behind him. I did not see her cart. Or I, 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 and God probably didn't let me because I acted a fool. I, I had four items. I, uh, Charlie needed a pair of britches. Because he went, to, we were at the Gulf of Mexico, and somebody forgot to tell him he wasn't supposed to sit down in the water. <laughs> the lady in front of me had over a hundred items. Took two baskets to get it out of there, and I'm sitting there. Mm. She can't read. Can't read. I didn't say nothing out loud, and then she had a sweet little old girl looked at me and smiled. And I smile back. <laughs> you know, that's a height of hypocrisy right there. God said, you ought not to be doing that. I said, but God, she, God said, you ought not to be doing that. But God, she, you ought not to be doing that. See, sometimes we end up wanting worship to be what we want it to be. Does it satisfy me? And we forget that there are other lost people here that songs touch their hearts and, and, and things touch their hearts and we're, we're not concerned with lost people. We're worried about what I, I want. I, I want this in my church. Well, I want to tell you what I want. I want God in here. I, I, I don't want to be ugly, but if you don't like God in here, you don't need to be here either. That's what I want. I got to close. I got one minute. <laughs> During the tenure of a great orator, Henry Ward Beecher, tremendous, tremendous. People come from miles on horses and buggies and all to hear him preach. One day he was out of the pulpit and his brother was filling his place. And as he walked up to the pulpit, you could tell people were disappointed that Henry Ward Beecher was not preaching. And some of them ugh, begin to get up and walk to the exit. Now, that'll bless a preacher's heart. I mean, when you're walking to the exit uh, while he's trying to preach. 
And so he just announced in a loud voice. He said, all of you who've come here today to worship Henry Ward Beecher may now leave the church. All of you who've come to worship God, keep your seats. The same thing goes for us today. We're not here to worship anything. Je you know what? Jesus said, if I be lifted up, you know the technical thing about it is, you don't have to learn any scripture. You don't have to learn your testimony. You don't have to learn nothing. If you'll just lift up Jesus, according to the word of God now, that's not me, that's the word, he will draw all men nigh to him. And that's what people need today. That's what they need. Are you willing to worship Jesus and Jesus alone? Father, thank you this morning, speaking to our hearts. Thank you for what's happened in this service. Lord, uh, you've been in control. I pray you'll continue to remain in control. Lord, thank you for all the blessings you give us. In Jesus' name, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you just say with me this morning, Brother Charles, I know I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I know I'm saved, and I'm ready to meet Jesus face to face. Would you just slip up your hand from all over, all over? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Not everybody was able to raise their hand. And I'm going to ask you this morning, if you're one of those that wasn't able to raise your hand, would you come, would you come forward here, meet Brother Case, meet myself, We'll, we'll counsel with you. We'll put somebody else with you. And you can invite Jesus to take over your life. It's not just saying a few words. you got to be drawn by the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit's not drawing you, there's no need to come. But if he's speaking to your heart, I'm going to ask you to come forward. Maybe this morning you need a church home. I'm going to ask you, if God's saying, this is where I want you to park, this is where I want you to roll up your sleeves and go to work, I'm going to ask you to come forward. And be a part of that this morning. Maybe this morning, though, God's speaking to folks in this place today. And he's saying, you know what? There was a time when you worshiped me. But the cares of this world have distracted you. And you're more interested in the things of this world and the things of flesh than you are the things of God. And you need to come to this altar and have a time with the Lord. I'm going to ask you to do that. Father, you know every one of our hearts. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me? As Brother Aaron leads us, you come. Don't